Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. It's a privilege for me to have this opportunity to minister the Word to you tonight. I know normally you're... Uh, you're blessed with Pastor Steele, uh, but because he wanted to keep the same flow in both uh, teachings, uh, he asked me to go ahead and minister to you tonight. And so I consider it an honor and a privilege. And, you know, when we have been together uh, in my previous teachings, I've been talking to you about being word governed. And I'm going to go along that same path tonight because it is something that the Lord has been impressing upon my heart and ministering to my spirit that we would uh, really develop ourselves spiritually and allow the Word of God to be the governing force of our lives. And so as we uh, continue today, I want to uh, look at that in a little bit closer way. And let's just talk about some of the things that we've already covered in our, our previous um, sessions on being word governed. We've talked about how God established everything by his word. And we've looked at how the uh, creation was put into place, how that God used words. First of all, his first use of words was to create and he uh, caused uh, everything that exists to come out of his desire, out of his spirit through the vehicle of words. And so his first use of words was to create. And then we see that God used his words to put things in order the way that he wanted them to be. And then the third thing he did with words was to bless. He established the blessing. And the fourth thing that he did was to communicate his will or his desire. And so we, as his children, are born of the word. We are born of the incorruptible word of God. So we are spiritually alive because the word has birthed us spiritually alive. And we are also created in the image of God. And as beings who are created in the image of God, we are designed to operate in God's word system. And in Christ, we are able to operate the systems of God at their maximum efficiency. So the word system is something that governs the planet. But those of us who are in Christ we have the capacity to use the word system to our advantage and to work it at its maximum efficiency because that's the way God designed it. So when you think about Genesis, we see in Genesis three systems that are established by God in the beginning that still function today in the earth. And those of us who have been put in Christ through the new birth, these systems are designed for our benefit. So these systems are the word system that we've talked about, the authority system and the seed system. They all work together 
They, they are all connected. They're united. It's hard to separate the working of the word system from the seed system. And when you look at the parable of the sower, we see that they, they are interconnected. So Jesus said, the sower sows the word. And so the word operates like a seed. It can be sown into the heart. Uh, words govern our life. We can't choose whether or not we are governed by words, but we can choose what words we're governed by. We can choose to allow the word of God to be the word that dominates or governs our life by submitting to the word. And that's what we are, are investigating. How can we be word governed uh, more effectively? We are word governed ultimately in the earth, but as believers, we choose to allow God's word to be what governs us, not the words of the curse, not the words of other people, not the words uh, that are directing the world, but the word of God allowing us to have his results. So whatever words are being sown into your life, Whatever words are governing your life or whatever words are dominating, that's the results you're going to get. If you want God's results, you're going to have to start with God's word. You're going to have to be sowing his word into your heart. You're going to have to be agreeing with it. You've got to honor the word. You've got to agree with the word. You've got to feed on the word. You've got to walk in the light of the word. So these are aspects that are not just one thing that you would do. These are aspects that you need to look at each different um, application of them and see how can I put that to work in my life. So being governed by the word requires a daily intake and submission to the word of God so that we can train our reborn human spirit. Now I'm going to use that phrase and sometimes uh, that is something that people need to put their mind around because they don't see, when they hear spirit, they just think spirit of God. They think of something uh, uh, um, intangible or something that is um, uh, disconnected, a spirit, the spirit, the spirit. And, but you are a spirit. If you're born again, your spirit is alive unto God. We are spiritual beings. People without God in their life are spiritually dead, but they are spiritual beings nonetheless. They are spiritually dead, which does not mean a cessation of existence or a cessation of life. To be spiritually dead means to be disconnected from the life of God, disconnected from that spiritual life of God. So spiritually dead people, that's what happened to Adam when he fell, when Adam, when Adam sinned and disobeyed God, he disconnected from the life of God and he became spiritually dead. And it says in the book of Genesis, God instructing Adam not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, if you eat the fruit of this tree in dying, you shall die. Talking about a twofold death, talking about a spiritual death first and then a physical death following. And so it took many years for Adam to die physically, but he died spiritually immediately when he ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When he disconnected from the life of God, he, con he, he connected, he became spiritually dead. So you could say he was born again in the wrong direction. 
He was, he was unborn. He was, he, it, it's not a cessation of life. He didn't, he didn't stop living. He just stopped uh, being connected to the life of God. And so he experienced spiritual death. And as a result, when God said, in dying, you shall die. And in the original Greek, it is a plural death. In dying, you will die. So in dying spiritually, it caused the physical death. Well, you and I, when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have been born again. That's what he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Jesus said, you must be born again. So that being born again is a spiritual life. That's why the, the Nicodemus and the people standing around him, they were looking in the natural and they said, how can I return into my mother's womb? How can that happen? They were thinking a natural birth, but Jesus said that which is born of the spirit is spirit and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. I'm talking to you about a spiritual birth because that was the need that man had and Jesus fulfilled that need by dying the death we deserve so we could live spiritually in him. And so when we began to recognize that this life is a spiritual life, and my born again, or we're going to use the phrase reborn human spirit. My spirit is now alive unto God. I am a spirit, just like God is a spirit. John chapter 4, it says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is a spirit, but you are a spirit. I am a spirit. We are in Christ born again spiritually, which means now our spirit has changed from death, from spiritual death to spiritual life. So because we are, are born again, we could say our reborn human spirit, talking about that spirit part of us, which is the main component. That's who we are. You don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a body. You have a soul, but you are a spirit. That's who you are. If you took away your body, one day, if we go by way of the grave before the trumpet sounds and before the rapture, we will, we will be absent from the body, the Bible says. Absent from the body. So if a person is just body-minded and they think, well, it's, you know, this physical body is who I am, then they're not seeing the full image of who they are as alive unto God. I am not my body. I have a body, but I'm not my body. I am a spirit. And that renewing of the mind where that's concerned allows me to interact with God on a different level, interact with God in a different way. Because if I just wait to feel God physically, to be in one of those meetings where the emotions are, are ramped up or the, 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 the power of God is more tangible. Well, praise God for that. We all enjoy those times when the manifestation of the Lord is present in a greater, in a greater measure. But that doesn't mean he's any less present when it's not in that manifestation. When that manifestation is not present, that doesn't mean God is less there. He is ever-present help in time of trouble. It says in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. He's ever-present, ever-present. Greater is He, 1 John 4 says, greater is He who is in me 
greater is he who is in me. You see, we've got to renew our minds. This is something that the application of faith is for more than just money. It's for more than just cars or, or buildings or houses or clothes. The application of faith first and foremost, needs to be used to establish my spirit in my position in God and his position in me. And so when we look and we recognize that greater is he who is in me from not just a natural perspective, but we build in our spirit man, we build in our, our spiritual understanding God lives in me. The greater one is in me. He's ever present. He is in me now. The greater one lives in me. God, uh, I am in him and he is in me. I am connected to the life of God. He is the husbandman. Jesus is the vine. I'm a branch connected to the vine and the life that's in Jesus is in me and I'm in him. This is so important. This is vital. This is, this is essential for our growth in him because it, it puts us over into that place where we recognize our spiritual, our spiritual reality, the who we are spiritually. And that takes you out of the temporal. It takes you out of the moment. It takes you out of just the limitation of what I'm dealing with today. When you begin to see yourself as a spirit reborn, alive unto God, you realize, I'm going to live forever with God. <laughs> For eternity, when this earth is, 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 is passed away, heaven and earth will pass away, I, but I won't. You, come on, it changes the way you deal with things. You'll look at things. That's why Paul said this light and easy, this, this temporary. He, he looked at things and recognized in comparison to who I am as an eternal being, alive unto God. This is a fleeting uh, adversity. This is a momentary difficult situation, and I've already got the victory over it. So when we begin to, to allow this to infiltrate and inundate our thinking, then we begin to see ourselves in that light of who we are in Christ, reborn. So your reborn human spirit. I, I want to use that phrase and I want you to become um, aware of that phrase, reborn human spirit. To your reborn human spirit has to be trained. It can be educated. It can be developed. Where you are in your walk with God should never get stale. It should never come to a place where you are not growing or not developing or not increasing in your spiritual capacity because we are to be um, uh, in a process of renewing, a process of growth, a process of uh, maturity. And so I want to look at that a little bit closer from Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. And this is a, a, a very important verse because it will put us looking in the right place for the interaction of God. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. 
searching all the inward parts, the spirit of man. So we're talking about our reborn human spirit. We're talking about being word governed and how we are word governed is we begin to allow the word of God to be what we feed on and to be the, our life source for our spirit, for our reborn human spirit so that we can grow, so that we can be educated spiritually, so that we can be developed spiritually. So the spirit of man is the location through which, the part of us through which God is going to interact. God wants to talk to your spirit. He's not, he's not designed us to talk to our mind. That's not the plan of God. God is not trying to talk to your mind. God is not trying to talk to your emotions. God is not trying to deal with you emotionally. I'm helping somebody right now. God is not trying to deal with us emotionally. He is not trying to deal with us mentally. Those things are necessary, but they are not preeminent. They are not predominant. They are not more important. The most important development for you and I is spiritual development. The most important development for us is this reborn human spirit growing and feeding. If you, if you, if you want to uh, recognize the order of importance, think about 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, uh, now uh, the God of peace uh, uh, sanctify you, your whole being, your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit first. In order, spirit, soul, and body. And so your spirit feeds on the word of God to grow. And as a result, you have spiritual strength. You have the fruit of the spirit uh, out of that rebirth, that, that being born again as in your human spirit. You have the fruit of the spirit. And then as you feed on the word, you grow in that fruit. You grow and develop in the things of God. Your mind feeds on information to gain intellectual strength. Your emotions feed on relationships to have that emotional flourishing and stability. Your body feeds on physical food. Your, your will exercising choices and decisions, you can gain willpower. Those are all important for in the right place, but the most important is the spiritual development. So if a person gets born again, and never grows beyond that decision to make Jesus Lord and Savior. And they just, they just maintain at that level. And I think it's, it's difficult to maintain at that level because that is a baby. It's a baby Christian. We're going to look at some scriptures that identify different stages. And, and, I, and identify scripturally where people were called babes and, and even reprimanded because they should have been further along. <laughs> and so when we recognize this, then we take responsibility and we say, I need to grow and I need to apply the word of God so that I educate my born again spirit, my, my reborn human spirit needs food. That's why we have Three services a week and plus, <laughs> three services plus other opportunities. 
Why? Because you, I don't, I, I ask people all the time, people will say, you're one of the only churches that has Sunday night services. And I'll tell you, there have been times that, that we have contemplated, we've looked around and said, nobody else is having church on Sunday night. Should we stop? Is that something we're supposed to, we're not supposed to do? But pastor and I keep coming back to the realization, we don't need less church. We don't need less word. We don't need less opportunities to feed on the word. Because what are, what are people going to do if they're not in church? They're going to feed their flesh. They're going to feed on their, they're going to binge on Netflix. They're going to, they're going to whatever other entertainment opportunities. But none of those are going to produce spiritual development. It, the, the, Jesus has cho chosen the local church. He has chosen the fivefold ministry to help develop the saints. We're going to look at that in just a moment. But this is the plan of Jesus is for us to disciples. To, disciples, when he says make disciples, he's not talking about just, just gather people into the room. He says, I need you to be disciplined in the word. Discipline in the word is growth. Discipline in the word is maturity. Discipline in the word is a process. And so it's not, you can't get enough out of one sermon a week to help you. Why? You, you eat three times a day or more for your physical health, for your physical strength, right? You, you feed on information for your career, for your job, so that you can be intellectually aware of how to do that job. You feed on relationships. How much more? Listen, this is eternal. We are eternally connected to God. How, how much more should we be developing now so that when we do exit this time frame, this season of life, exit this this. Uh, a temporal world will be more prepared. I think about a testimony that um, Jesse Duplantis, he, he, he had an experience a number of years ago, a supernatural experience, and we don't preach experience for doctrine, but we do recognize that God gives experience, uh, supernatural experiences that will not just for that person who had the experience, but for those of us. I'm so glad that John the Revelator was caught up into the third heaven. Are you glad that he was caught up and when he heard the voice, come up hither, come up from where you are? I'm glad because we have a picture of heaven. We have an illustration of what's taken place around the throne because of an experience that John the Revelator had. Well, uh, Jesse Duplantis had an experience with God. He had an experience where he was pulled up into heaven. And one of the things that he said, he said not everybody was ready for the throne. He said that he, they, he had different visions of him being, different experiences of him being taken to different places in heaven. And he said, I found out that not everybody was ready for the throne. There were some people that didn't have enough word to enter in that far into the presence of God. Now, just for a food for thought, think about it. We, do you think we are going to live carnally on this? I mean, if a person does enter into that first stage of receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior and then just stops and they live carnally and like a baby 
all of their Christian life. They live the rest of their Christian life on the earth as a baby in Christ. Do you think they are ready for the fullness? I mean, I know just from the, my own personal experience how I have matured over the years, how God has taught me things, that I know him better today than I did from the first experience of me receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we need to give um, importance and we need to give a, a disciplined approach to the word. So church is not just for me to clock in and say, I, I did my church time. I got my hours in. I'm on the time clock. You can see I was there. No, church is for growth. Church is for maturity. Every time I come in, I need to come in saying, Lord, show me what I need to hear. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to see, what I need to know, what I need to feed on. Give me what's going to move me closer into the plan that you have, going to put me more accurate in my stand of faith. Amen. How I, can, how I can grow in love, how I can mature and develop in the things of God. And so he's going to do this spiritually, not to our head, not to our emotions. He wants to, he wants to connect with us on a spiritual level and, and he wants to um, teach us how to live out of the spiritual supply that he has placed in our born again, reborn human spirit. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And you know, we would be more um, appropriate to use the word lamp in our day and age. The lamp of the Lord or the light bulb of the Lord. The spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. If God wants to turn the lights on, he's going to turn the lights on in here. You're going to see it here. And then we pull light up from our spirit and we govern our mind with it. So when we begin to get revelation, if we don't renew the mind, the mind will want to go back to reasoning, but we're supposed to live out of the light that's coming in our spirit. We're supposed to see it spiritually and then make our mind line up with what God has revealed to us in our spirit, in our heart. So in the objective, let's look at Hebrews 12 and verse 23. I want one phrase out of this verse because... I want us to see the objective first and foremost. The objective here in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 23 says, uh, and I'll read the whole verse and then we'll look at this one phrase. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, that's, this is us, we are the church of the firstborn. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and here, here's the phrase I want, to the spirits, the spirits of just men made perfect. To the spirits of just men or men who are justified. To these spirits of just men, these spirits made perfect or developed. The word perfect, when we see the word perfect in the New Testament, it's not talking about without flaw. And it's not talking about uh, what we would generally say, oh, that's perfect. That's perfect, mean, meaning it doesn't mean a change, doesn't need a change, it's just the way it needs to be. The word perfect in the New Testament is a word that means developed, and it really carries the idea of coming to the full 
end of a process of being matured or developed. So if you have, for instance, let's take, for instance, your, your, you have a recipe and you have all of the ingredients, but it's not developed yet. It's not perfected yet because it's just the ingredients. We've got to put the ingredients together. We've got to mix the dry ingredients. We've got to mix the wet ingredients. We've got to fold them in together. And then we have to bake it, right? And so it's not perfected yet. It's not ready yet. It's not ready because it, it still has a lot of different stages that it needs to go through. You know, when we think about Mark chapter 4 talks about the a process of the seed. It says first the blade and then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, and then it's ready for harvest. You see, that's a process. It's not perfected yet because it's not perfected at the blade. It's not perfected at the ear. It's not perfected at the full corn in the ear. We want to wait till the corn is ripe. It can have an ear of corn that is, is full of the, the kernels, but it's not ripe yet. We want to leave it in the, the, in, in, intact until it's ripe, and then it's perfected. Then it's ready. Well, there is this same process in the spiritual development of man. This perfection is a process of discipleship. It's a process of growth in the word, being word governed on a daily basis until my spirit becomes uh, stronger and more mature and more developed in the things of God. Let's look at Hebrews, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I've laid a groundwork and now I've, um, I've got to cover a little bit of ground with this groundwork uh, so that we can come to uh, a, a stopping off point. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, let's look at verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11 says, speaking of Jesus, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So we see the fivefold ministry Gifts is what we usually refer to them as, or the offices, ministry offices. He gave some, that's why we call gifts, because Jesus gave unto men these five ministry offices. These are not just work titles. These are not just um, professions in the ministry. These are supernatural offices that have supernatural equipment in the offices. For example... A pastor is not just something you call somebody who is the head of a church. A pastor is a supernatural office that is ordained of heaven, ordained of God. And in that office, there is a supernatural abilities to teach. We know that pastors are apt to teach, the Bible says. Supernatural ability to feed sheep, to feed God's people. You know, there are people who try to just... Um, call themselves and they'll say, well, I'm going to make myself a pastor and I'm just going to be a pastor because it looks like it's something easy to do. And a real pastoring is not easy. It is spiritual work and spiritual work is just as, um, just as demanding, if not more demanding, because in that spiritual work, you've got to hold yourself to the word this, the pastor first has to hold himself or herself to the word. 
It, because if it's going to be effective, it has to be working in my life. <laughs> if it's not working in my life, I'm not going to be very effective in conveying it to somebody else. So I've got to learn it, how to apply it so that I can learn how to teach you how to apply it. And so this, this office is not just a natural opening of a church and having services and organizing and, and um, making departments and making bylaws and making um, uh, rules and regulations or things like that. Those are natural effects of, what my, of my responsibility, natural responsibilities in that office. But the office itself is supernatural and it has supernatural ability. And and people develop in that office. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning to take a, a rabbit trail, but I'm going to follow the Lord here. People develop in the office. So there are evangelists who may be at one level of effectiveness in their office. And there are evangelists who have, have been operating in that office and gaining skill and proficiency in that office, and they are seeing a greater effectiveness, and you could say they're operating on a different level. There are pastors, for instance, if you were to compare a pastor maybe who's been pastoring for a year to a pastor who has, for instance, and, and I, want, I don't want to just use length of time because it's more than just length of time. There are some pastors who may have been doing the job for 40 years and never gaining skill at the job. They just got into a rut and just, just tried to get over and do in the natural the only necessary things in the natural. But there are others who really apply the spiritual applications and, and endeavor to allow those uh, gifts and those equippings to, to be skillful in their lives. For instance, when, when Pastor Caldwell ministers, he can say things out of his office. And I can try to bring the same thing, but because of, of, the, of the level of flow of the supernatural office that he has, has gained, he can have a greater impact in, in how he says it or how it is received because of the office that he's in. And, and I'm trying to convey this. Do you see there's a process even in those ministry offices, a, a development, a perfecting in those offices. But Jesus, let's go back to our original application of this verse. Jesus gave these offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And the purpose of this fivefold ministry offices is the perfecting of the saints. Again, the word perfecting is developing. So these offices are in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church, the local church. These offices operate for the purpose of perfecting the people of God, the just men, the just men and women. The perfecting of the saints is supernaturally affected through these gifts that Jesus has provided. This, this perfection then is from God. This growth, this development is from God and it is not something I can do alone. It is not something I can gain 
by myself. I need the fivefold ministry offices. I need what Jesus has placed in those offices, those supernatural equippings, the impartations, the anointings, the, the light, the teachings, the, the feeding of the pastor. I need these offices to help me be what he has called me to be. And that's why we're called the body of Christ. Because your finger can't be you without you. Your finger can't be you by itself. Your hand can't be you by itself. Your hand is not you. The body is a complete body. It's all of you connected, all of your parts connected, right? The toe bone connected to the foot bone, the foot bone connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bone connected to the, the, the leg bone. You got to have the connections in the body of Christ for us to be what Jesus has called his body to be. So the perfecting, the maturing, the developing is, is connected to these supernatural equippings that Jesus has placed in the body of Christ. It says he has given these five ministry offices for the perfecting of the saints, which will result in the work of the ministry, which will result in the edifying of the body of Christ. I'm, I'm looking at verse 12 of Ephesians 4. Those are, are showing you the process. First of all, the perfecting or the developing or the maturing of the saints so that we can do the work of the ministry, so that we can edify the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a well-developed man or woman, well-developed body of Christ, well-developed, mature, spiritually mature, so that's what we're looking for here, spiritual maturity. Let's, uh, I want to read one more verse here. Let's continue on. Uh, well, let's read verse 13 in its uh, entirety. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a well-developed, perfect, mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children. So now we see that it's possible to be children, to be children spiritually. And he said, for us to not be children anymore, we're going to have to go through this process of development. Henceforth, no more children. And what are children? Those who are tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. So mature believers are not easily moved away from truth. Mature believers are not moved by the changing, shifting winds and different things that are, are meant to deceive, by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness, by those who lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things. That's our objective. So you see through this whole text here 11 through 15 the it keeps bringing us back to a maturity a developing a a gaining of um, spiritual strength and spiritual structure in our lives we see a perfecting we see an edifying we see spiritual growth that we grow up into him that there's an objective for us to grow into. And we see that God has provided spiritual supernatural equipment through, through 
men and women who are called into these fivefold ministry offices and set in the church, set in the church so that we can grow. So this is why we, the, he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and even more so as you see the last day approaching. So this assembling together is for the purpose of being perfected or growing or maturing. I want to look at one final verse before I close here. And then I will be with you this weekend and I will pick up, I'll press pause and I'll pick up where I left off. How's that sound? Ephes uh, Hebrews, let's look at Hebrews chapter 5. And I'm going to look at verse 11 through 14. Hebrews 5, 11. And we have looked at this one previously because we've, we've kind of touched on this maturity part before, but um, it, faith comes by hearing and hearing. So Hebrews 5.11, and I'm actually, I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible. The Amplified of Hebrews 5.11 says, Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain. Now, he, in the previous verse, referenced... Uh, uh, Jesus being called of God as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And there's not a lot of detail, but evidently there was more that they could have received, but he couldn't bring it because of this reason. He wanted to say more about Jesus being called a high priest after the order of Melchizedek and the high priest ministry of Jesus after the order of Melchizedek. He wanted to, he said there is more to say, but it's hard to explain. There's more to say about it, but it's hard to explain because you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. So if a group of people, a body of believers, a local church family is growing and maturing, the more they are growing, the more they can grow. The more they are growing, the more they can understand. The more they are growing, the greater spiritual insight they're going to have. The more spiritual hearing they're going to have. Look at what the Amplified says. You've become dull in your spiritual hearing. Spiritual hearing. He said, I, it's hard to explain. Why? Because if I start talking to you about it, you're not going to know what I'm saying. You know, when, um, when I started learning Spanish, let's use uh, uh, learning a language, for instance. I've encountered a lot of people who took Spanish in, Spanish in high school or even in college. My daughter, she took Spanish in high school, and I think she took a year maybe two years in college, but she can't remember much more than where's the bathroom uh, and how to say her name. <laughs> but when I would try, I, here I was learning it, and I would find somebody who said, yeah, I took, I took Spanish in college. And I would say, you know, how did you learn about the present progressive verbs and, or the conditional verbs or the future tense conditional? And they would stop and look at me like, whoa, what? Because they forgot all about it. They learned it once. They learned it enough probably to pass a quiz or two. Uh, they, they learned it for the quiz. They learned it for the test. But they didn't retain it. And if you were to ask them to conjugate a verb today in past tense, they probably couldn't do it. 
if you were to ask them what's the present progressive of that verb or what's the participle of that verb, they probably, I mean, even in English, if I were to ask you to diagram a sentence and show me the prepositional phrases, could you? <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> Most people forgot what all of those adverb clauses and adjectives and prepositional phrases and all of those things. We, it's not important because I don't have a grammar test tomorrow. I'm not trying to pass an English class. I'm not trying to, I don't need to know that anymore. And so they've forgotten it. And so it would be hard to explain it to them. It would be hard to go over those things if they have become dull of hearing, if they are, are, are dull of hearing where that's concerned. Well, in spiritual things, you know, Hebrews in chapter 2, verse 1, it warns us that we need to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. You know, we think, I will never lose sight of this spiritual truth. But according to Scripture, if you're not giving heed to it, you could. And it says here that they had become dull in their spiritual hearing. They had become slothful in achieving spiritual insight. So we don't want to be deceived into thinking that just because I've got this great light today that, that I can just go on cruise control where my spiritual development is concerned and pick up two years from now at the same place that I put myself on pause. No, no, I've got to maintain a spiritual movement forward, a progress, so that I am disciplining and gaining and listening uh, with spiritual ears and keeping that spiritual sensitivity. It says, for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, so you see, there was an expectation of growth. And, and family, God has an expectation for all of us. There are some things that you, you may encounter because God expects you to be further along. Now, I'm not saying God brought it. I'm saying God says you should be able to beat that. You should be able to conquer that. You should be able to, you should be able to apply the word by now in that. There are, there are things that uh, God knows we, we, we don't need to be lazy spiritually. And uh, hear me, I'm not saying God allowed you to go through it. I'm not saying God put it on you to make you grow. I'm, see, I'm saying that you are equipped with more than you know you're equipped with. And God knows if you'll just reach down in your word supply, if you'll just reach down into all that he has already taught you, you can pull it up and you can beat that thing. You can pull it up and you can apply it to that situation and you can see the victory. God knows you can do it if you'll do it. Amen. And so he says, by this time, you ought to be teaching others. Do you see an expectation? By this time, you ought to be walking in love better than you're walking in love. By this time, your marriage should be a little bit farther along than it is. By this time, you ought to be. You fill in the blank. By this time, you ought to be teaching others. You actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's Word. So when a person is spiritually mature, God takes them back to the very first principles of His Word. He takes them back to basics. 
He takes them back to the ABCs, the elementary things. And that doesn't always mean that we are immature. Sometimes we just need to fortify ourselves in those. But if a person is immature, the, the only option that God has is to take them back to the basics. He says, you have come to need milk, not solid food. Now we're going to see a clue here. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled. Inexperienced and unskilled. Inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness. And then the Amplified says, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. Or you could say, they are immature about walking in the word. Immature about being governed by the word. It it says, conforming to God's will in purpose, thought, and action. They are inexperienced. Inexperienced and unskilled where the basic applications of the word are. The basic applications of of be holy as I am holy, the basic applications of uh, uh, touch not the unclean thing, the basic application of, uh, uh, of walking in the light and resisting sin and walking in love, those basic applications, it says that they are a mere infant, not able to talk yet, but uh, so this immaturity is considered infancy. Babies in Christ. I'm going to compare this here with the um, King James. Let's look at the King James in verse 13. Uh, Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. It is possible to be a baby Christian. And for those who are first born again, we understand that they, are, they are, are in need of milk. But for those of us who have been walking with God for a while, we should be beyond some of those same things that we would put up with in a baby. So this responsibility then is on us. This responsibility for maturity is based on how I am applying the word in my life. And so let's read verse 15, verse 14. Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, full age. And the center column reference says perfect. The center column reference or another way to define this word would be matured, perfected. So it's not talking about age in years of years saved. It's talking about maturity where spiritual things are concerned. Notice it didn't say everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously only been saved a couple of days. No, it says you can, it it doesn't bring up number of days saved, number of days born again. It says if you are inexperienced in applying the word of God to your daily actions, you need milk. Hallelujah. But for those, notice this, those who are ready for solid, solid food, the amplified, let's go back to the amplified. Solid food is for full-grown men. We would say men and women. Full-grown people, mature people. So we're not talking again about years saved, but, but 
how far have I grown in discipleship? How far have I grown in spiritual maturity? It says that if I am spiritually mature, I can eat something immature Christians can't. I can receive something, and he's talking about a revelation about Jesus being the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. I can receive revelation about Jesus, revelation from the word that I would not be able to receive. The reason you can't give meat to a baby is they can't process it. Not only do they need teeth to chew it, but their digestive system couldn't take it. Their digestive system can't handle anything else. And so as we mature, there are things we can spiritually digest that we couldn't digest the day we got born again. But our reborn human spirit is being educated, being developed, being matured in the things of God so that I can walk in the light and I can understand applications of the word and I can see spiritual things and God can reveal things to me. And I'll be grounded in that revelation and I'll be secure and stable and I'm not going to be weird and, and go off and create weird doctrines out of it, right? But I'll be trusted with the revelation. That's what God is wanting. He wants us to be trusted with more light. And so we do that with maturity. Strong meat belongs to them who are mature. Even those who by reason of use, or you could say um, the center column says of a habit, those who by continual application have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The Amplified says, for those whose senses and mental faculties have been trained by practice. I like that. I like that. Trained by practice. We're talking about being governed by the Word. Trained by practice. What are we practicing? The Word. We're feeding on the Word until we learn how to apply it in our daily lives so that we're walking in the light of the word. You know, Joyce Myers always uses this example. She says, how can you get victory over the devil if you don't have victory over the sink of dirty dishes? She's talking about applying the discipline in your daily life so that you get victory over those areas of your flesh because the dirty dishes are because you're too lazy to wash them. You see me smiling, I love you. <laughs> the, the victory starts in those daily applications of, of doing what's needed, doing what's right, doing the right thing in that moment, not putting it off, not saying, I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm too tired for that. No, I, this is what I need to do. I need to feed on the Word this morning. This is what I need to do. I need to spend some time praying in the Spirit today. This is what I need to do. I need to turn that off because it is robbing me of my victory to, to focus on that problem. So I'm going to turn that off and I'm not going to feed fear into my mind. So that's a mature exercising, training. What does it say? Training by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. The King James says, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to, to discern between good and evil. 
Well, we're, we're looking at spiritual good being the truth of God's word and evil being the flesh, the curse, the devil. And so we, these are things that we learn daily. We apply them daily. You are not going to become mature overnight. You are not going to gain maturity overnight, but it also, it doesn't have to take you 10 years. You should be growing every day. You should be applying it every day, practicing it every day. And listen, if the more you practice, the faster it works. Uh, the, if, and, and it develops muscle memory in you. So the person who can sit down at a piano and close their eyes and play a, a, a classical piece on the piano, they didn't learn that in a week. That, that generally doesn't happen in a week. That is something that they have practiced and practiced until without any, any visual help, they know where their fingers need to be on the keys. They know the, the keys to play. They, they have the whole piece in their, in their memory, in, their, in their, their muscle memory. The person who, uh, who is good at the, the free throws are people who have been practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. You know, Pastor Steele, he grew up in West Texas on a ranch, and he said while other people his age were out uh, spending their entire afternoon shooting hoops, he was spending his entire afternoon throwing a rope because when it came time for him to go out into the roping arena, he wanted to be able to be effective throwing that rope. And so that he would practice it. He said, I practiced it in the morning before school. I practiced it after school. I practiced it while I was waiting on the bus. I practiced it after dinner. I practiced all the time. He said, any time that I had, I would be out there throwing that rope, throwing that rope, throwing that rope, throwing that rope, gaining that proficiency. And this is the application of the word. You, it, that's why you need more than just one, one day a week in church. That's why you need more than just one day a, a week in the word. You know, in, in church is a help. It's what helps you. It, 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 it distributes and imparts uh, through that church the teaching under the pastor, through that connection in that, that corporate anointing. It, it, it enables you to have that consistency in a greater effectiveness in your daily life. Hallelujah. And so that's what we're focusing on. We're focusing on this renewing, this daily training by practice for spiritual growth. And so when we come together on Sunday, we'll pick it up from here. Uh, I'm going to, to pray and then I'm going to ask if the prayer ministers would come. And if you have any needs, if you have any specific things, maybe today you are listening to this and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I want you to come up and pray with our prayer ministers tonight. If you are, are here and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, you need to come and walk these aisles tonight and receive Jesus and commit your way to Him so that you can walk out the fullness of His plan for your life because it's not going to happen automatically. It's going to happen because you submit to the Word and allow the Word to govern you through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
So I want to pray for you first, and then uh, we're going to open up these altars for you to come today. If you are, are experiencing any area in your physical body, they're here to lay hands on you for that as well and believe. Pray the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for all of those who have received of your word tonight, and I release my faith, Father, for light to shine upon their path and for leadings and guidings that will move them into a greater proficiency in the applications of your word. Father, over our church family, we want growth. We want spiritual growth. We want progress. We want there to be an edifying in the body and a preparation in every saint. And I believe you for it, Lord. And we believe you for the supernatural impartation necessary to supply that progress and maturity in Jesus' name.